right here on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Dave Sturcho, here to bring you another Victory Week podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Dallas Cowboys have won four games in a row, and uh, the New York Giants are at the expense. And I'm sorry to hear that, New York. I'm sorry to hear that. But you know what? Look, I'm not here to boast or brag. I've done enough of that on Monday and Tuesday. We're midweek through, right? Unfortunately for the Giants fans, it's not going to get much better. It's not. And, you know, they lost Daniel Jones because Jabril Cox knocked the snot out of him, literally. Um, and then, of course, you're without Saquon Barkley for a little bit, which, by the way, nice premature. He'll be gone for one week. Thing. The guy's ankle was this big. Okay, so that's going to take him a little time. I hope he gets back fast because, look, Saquon's one of those guys that you can respect as a Cowboys fan, even though he's going to be a future terror in in your future plans because he's he's that good. He's that electric of a player. But he's only that electric of a player when he's around, and he's not around uh, for the immediate future, at least. Maybe he'll be there at the end of the year when Dallas comes into New York, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, that game was a complete beatdown. Um, they did struggle. The Dallas Cowboys struggled, and it really does raise some red flags uh, because these are the teams that you don't want to struggle against. You don't want to sit there and fumble snaps. You don't want to sit there and you know commit costly penalties and, and throw interceptions and have balls batted down and interceptions here and there. It's, it wasn't a good look for the Dallas Cowboys to start, right? But we've seen this already. We've seen this kind of recipe where the game starts off slow and then Dallas pulls away, right? And, and that's exactly what they did with the New York Giants. And I don't think that the Giants are a bad football team. Their record is 1-4. and four. I don't think they're a 1-4 and four team. I think the New York Giants are probably middle of the pack 500. I know you can't be 500 after five games, but... Two and three, three and two. There's a couple games. The Atlanta game, they should have won. You know, they, they definitely should have won that game. They should have won the Washington football team game. So these are games they should have won. I think Dallas was the better team. There's no doubt in my mind that they were a better team here, in which they're the better team in every game they've played so far, except for the opener against Tampa. Now, a lot of people can argue that that first game against Tampa, you know, we're one bad pass interference call away from winning that game. You know, so the Cowboys could be 5-0. and I know they're 5-0 and against the spread for all you gamblers out there. But, you know, they're 4-1 and right now. The division seems to be in disarray. And now for the first time in what feels like a month, and it's not exactly a month, but the Dallas Cowboys are going on the road. Um, and now they go into Foxborough. And typically, anytime you say, you know, the Patriots are on the schedule, right? Well, where's the game? Well, it's in Foxborough. People get... People get nervous. I, I get trembly. I, I just don't, you know, when you hear in Foxborough, you feel like the Boston crowd and that rambunctious atmosphere. It hasn't been the same for the for the New England Patriots this year so far. They're two and three coming in. Um, they have they have the tools. Don't get me wrong. They have the tools to make it happen. And later on today, for the first time, see the beginning of this podcast when you know the preseason was here. I was joined by a lot of Dallas Cowboys content creators. I was uh, joined by writers. I was joined by um, guys that are in Dallas Cowboys media. So it was a bunch of rah rah stuff, right? It was a bunch of like, oh, you know, we're the best. We're going to be good. Here we go. Let's rock and roll. Today is a little different. Today. I am joined by Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. He is also the host of the Patriots Report uh, on the Believe Podcast Network, an up-and-coming network, much very, very similar to Chop Sports. Um, and he's got a lot of information about this New England Patriots team that you might not know on the surface. When you look at the Patriots and they have a 2-3 and three record and a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, you're probably thinking, ah, they're going to go through their trials and tribulations. This is what's going to happen with this team. 
Um, you know, I, I did ask him about Cam Newton, uh, the release of a veteran quarterback and a, a surprise move out of a Bill Belichick run offense where he just he's very set in his ways. And like, was it the good decision was a bad decision? That interview comes up in a little bit um, because he, he's a great guy. and We had a great time talking and it was very civil. You know, I, I know that I told everybody when this podcast was created, I said, you know what, I'm going to take the gloves off and I'm just going to beat up everybody and I'm going to go, you know, here we go. Gloves are off here. We go. I'm just going to make fun of everybody or I'm going to take shots of whoever I want because I don't care. You know, I'm an independent guy and blah, blah, blah. It hasn't been that way. I haven't really dug into anybody except if your name is Jalen Smith in which now I never have to worry about you again. I never have to worry about Jalen Smith again unless, well, you know, unless they decide to play the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs, I'm not going to have to worry about another missed tackle. I'm not going to have to worry about a missed assignment. I'm not going to have to worry about him swiping or clear-eyed views or anything like that. I, those days are done. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Shout out to Leighton Vanderesh last week, making a big play in a backfield and doing a swipe. That might have been emotion. That might have been emotion. And then he howled. He howled. And, and, like, in my mind, I still feel like you should have that You've been there before mentality, um, but these guys are kids. They're excited to be in the NFL. They're excited to make big plays on a big stage and, you know, in Texas where, you know, it doesn't get any bigger than that. Um, so I'm not going to fault him completely um, or get on his case for that matter. When you look at the Dallas Cowboys in the first five weeks, a lot of these power rankings, see, I don't like power rankings. I think they're the dumbest thing because really, what does it really matter? What does it really matter where your team is ranked in the power rankings according to Yahoo or according to ESPN or according to this guy or USA Today? It doesn't matter. Uh, none of that stuff matters. The record is what matters, and the Cowboys are 4-1. and one. So if you want to put them 5th, 8th, 15th, doesn't matter to me. They're playing good. They're playing very good football, and they're playing very complimentary football, meaning – you know, Dak Prescott, we all knew what we were going to get out of Dak. There was a lot of people saying, well, I don't know. He's coming off the injury. He's got the shoulder. He's got the, the ankle. He's got... We're all seeing him play his best football he's ever played, ever. So, I'm, uh, you know, he's he's here for the last five, six years. You know, five years. Uh, yeah, five years. If I have 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, six years. Okay, six years. I, I lied. He's in his sixth year, along with a guy that a lot of people wrote off, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. I've been saying this since Jump Street this year, that Ezekiel Elliott was going to be a top running back in this league this year okay this is a guy with a chip on his shoulder the size of texas you don't understand when 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 you start writing off people based off of one bad year that builds character that builds this guy's confidence up through the roof last year last year in particular he dealt with covid he dealt with this offensive line being depleted he dealt with his best friend being off the field and leader of this team dak prescott he tried to put too much on his plate and ultimately it crumbled him from the outside all the way in, okay? But now this year, with the team assembled the way it is, the offensive line playing good, and look, we're talking Collins, their starting right tackle hasn't been there in a couple of weeks, and, and Terrence Steele picking up the slack. This is the team, the deep team that you needed to make a run in this league, and Ezekiel Elliott is now also benefiting from Tony Pollard this year. Tony Pollard is your finesse guy. He will hit that hole, hit it fast, and go, right? Zeke Elliott will be the one to put his shoulder down and want to murder you, okay? He wants to run you over, okay? That's the Zeke Elliott that we've all been waiting to see again. 
Are we going to see hurdles like, like he did in his rookie year? I don't know. But you know what? His speed is back. His explosiveness is back. And what he did the other day against the Giants with the high stepping and the feeling good and, the, and just having fun playing football, that's the Ezekiel Elliott that I knew, that I knew was going to be here this year. A lot of people said, nope, he's not even a top five back. Some people even put him out of the top ten. You guys are all high. I don't know what you're smoking, but boy, oh, boy, send it on over to Chop Sports Studios. Do that. Do that because this kid is playing at the next level. He's playing at an elite level in which even the pylon couldn't take him out last week. Okay. The landing on that pylon, I thought he broke his hip, but there's Zeke right back up, feeding him more and getting the job done. Tony Power, this entire offense has been unbelievable lately. Okay. 35 plus points a game. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? You know, in, in, in which we had to suffer. The reason why. And not to go on too many tangents here, but the reason why the Dallas Cowboys fan base right now are riding so high and they're riding as happy-go-lucky as humanly possible is because of what we went through last year. We had to watch Andy Dalton, right? We had to watch an offensive line, which I think I could have suited up for the Dallas Cowboys last year on the offensive line. That's how many injuries there were, right? And a defense led by... I don't want to say his name because he was so bad, okay? The defense was so bad that they needed a complete overhaul, a complete overhaul. Dan Quinn comes in, and I said this too, and I quote, the minute Dan Quinn sat right in his chair was the minute he was already a better defensive coordinator than what we had, and, and it was true. And now you're looking at this Dallas defense saying, whoa, wait, hold on. They're getting Not only they're getting takeaways, you know, they got the guys on this roster to really, really develop, and it's a beautiful thing. You know, there's a lot of young guys. Trayvon Diggs has been out of control, out of his mind to the point where Mac Jones better not try him. He better not, because if he does, he's toast. That's not a good idea, and it's not a good play. Glennon found that out right away. He said, you know what? Let me take a shot. Let me t- I'm going to test him right now because I'm Mike Glennon. <laughs> right? Come on, Mike Glennon, are you kidding? Try again. Okay, he's picked off Brady. He's picked off Herbert. He's picked off Hertz. He's picked off every quarterback he's faced this year. Mac Jones will not be an exception to the rule. Okay, so he's more than likely going to throw it over to uh, you know uh, Anthony Brown's side. You know, a couple of deep. Uh, you know, pick on the tight ends. They have great tight ends. Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. They have good tight ends. So we have to we have to cover. But you know what? We got Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons has lived up to the billing and then some. He's been an absolute delight to watch. And it's as a young, you know, fan, which, uh, you know, I'm 36. I'm not that young, but like I've seen a lot of football. I've seen a lot of football and I've never seen the explosiveness that I've seen out of Micah Parsons since DeMarcus Ware. And I'm not comparing the two yet because it's, it's impossible to do that. And I would sound kind of silly, but in regards to this team, in regards to the Dallas Cowboys right now, they're clicking on all cylinders. So what does that mean? They're up here, right? What does that mean? That means they're going to come down eventually. And I'm not saying it's going to be this week. There's a lot of Cowboys fans and writers, especially over at Blogging the Boys, and a lot of my friends in the, in the, in the industry right now are saying that the Cowboys, they shouldn't lose anymore. And I know that sounds ridiculous, right? Could, could you imagine if the Dallas Cowboys went 16-1? and That's not going to happen, right? So they got to fall down to grace eventually. I think going on the road in New England – Poises as a problem. I know New England hasn't done anything. They've done jack squat at home right now. But I think it still poises a problem for the Dallas Cowboys to get off to the right start like they have. 
These slow starts are going to start to add up. You know, not every game you're going to hit CeeDee Lamb over the top and really get the boys rolling, right? It's going to take a little while. But, you know, the Patriots are not built like the Chargers. The Patriots are not built like Tampa Bay. The Patriots are kind of built like Philadelphia, right? Or they're kind of built like Carolina. Middle of the pack, decent offense. They can move the ball when they need to. It all depends. It really, truly all depends on what Mac Jones does. Does he turn the ball over? Does, does Damian Harris put the ball on the carpet again? There's a lot of underlying factors, and I think the Patriots are going to need some extra, right? They're going to need a little extra to get this done. I'll make my prediction after the break and after we join Christopher Price of the Boston Globe, again, host of the Patriots Report on the Believe Podcast Network. We'll be back after this with Christopher Price and my predictions. What's going on, guys? This is Sturge, and I got a question for you. Have you ever dreamt about flipping a house or buying an investment property? I know I have. There's a reason why house flipping is out of reach for most people, and that's because of a lack of information. Flipping made easy is for people like you who feel drawn to the world of house flipping, but they don't have a clue as to where to start. Check out FlippingMadeEasy.com. Here, you'll find comprehensive and easy-to-understand information about every stage of the house flipping process. You'll receive access to millions of houses ripe with flipping potential. Hundreds of expert guidance explained through research articles and easy-to-understand video content. And thousands of vendors for all of your house flipping needs. Subscribe to FlippingMadeEasy.com and become part of the flipping community. Right now, if you use the promo code CHOP, you'll receive a free t-shirt and a 30-day, that's right, 30-day money-back guarantee. That's FlippingMadeEasy.com. All right, welcome back to All About the Star right here on the CHOP Sports Podcast Network. I am pleased to be joined by, yes, the enemy. I have decided every week I go into this podcast, I say, let's bring in another Cowboys guy, another Cowboys guy, another Cowboys guy. Well, you know what? I wanted to change it up a little bit this week as we are joined by Christopher Price. He is the host of the Patriots Report on the Believe Podcast Network and, of course, writer for the Boston Globe. Chris, how are we feeling today? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing this afternoon? Oh, we are great here. I am great here as a Dallas Cowboy fan, flying high right now, four and one. I don't want to get too ahead of myself because, again, that's usually what I do every year, and it usually <laughs> blows up in my face. So I'm not going to try to get too ahead of the game. But this game in particular is an interesting one. The last time the Cowboys came into New England, first of all, the, the weather was a mess. You know, Second of all, Dak Prescott looked out of sorts. Amari Cooper just decided not to show up, and the Patriots handled business. This year, it's a little different. I, I, I go into this one uh, a little bit more confident, not not too confident, but when you take a look at the Patriots in the first five games of their season, when you see their record at two and three, a lot of the coaches, and you'll hear this in coach speak, you are what your record says you are. Is this a two and three team, or do you feel like there's a lot of meat left on the bone for the Patriots in the first five weeks? I think there's a little, but I, I think really right now, this is a 500 team. As we sit here, you know, five games into the season, they could have won – the, the opener against Miami, Damian Harris had a fumble, had a really bad fumble you know, late in that one. Um, they could have beaten the Bucs as well if Nick Folk makes a 56-yard field goal in a driving rainstorm. So, you know, then the flip side is they look really bad against the Saints, and, you know, and they, and they, you know, they've, they've struggled at times this year. They, and they, they won the game. Basically, right now, they're winning the games that they should win. Beat the right. Jets. You know, you, you, you beat the Texans. Great. That's fantastic. You know, and that makes you, in my mind, at least, you know, with this stage of the season, a 500 team. If they can continue to improve, though, one of the things that we've seen from Belichick teams in the past 
they kind of spend September figuring stuff out. And, and a lot of teams do that. I understand that. But, you know, from a Belichick team, who fits where? What personnel packages are the best? You know, minimizing weaknesses, maximizing strengths. And I think that's even more the case this year with a new quarterback. You know, Mac Jones has done well at times. And I know we're going to get into that a little bit later on. But I think their time for looked like a rookie. And so, you know, they're trying to figure out what works best for him. Where do they have advantages? Where are, you know, areas they want to maximize or minimize? And so, you know, I think ultimately to answer your question, yeah, right now they feel like about a 500 team. All right. So I want to backtrack just a little bit in the preseason and, and the training camp and whatnot. The decision to move on from the veteran quarterback in Cam Newton and then start fresh. I felt like that wasn't very Bill Belichick, you know, like all of a sudden, like, you know what? Time for a fresh start. I felt like not the Patriots, not that they were like a, a few missing pieces away, but I felt like the, the better opportunities for the Patriots to succeed this year would have been in a veteran quarterback. Your thoughts on when that all went down. I know we're backtracking a couple weeks now, but overall we've seen Mac Jones and what he can do so far. He's got five touchdowns, five interceptions, a decent completion percentage, you know, 71%. So he is making high percentage throws. But when you looked at, you know, the start of the season for when they made this adjustment and they made this big move, did it shock you? Did it catch you off guard? Or did you say like this was the writing was on the wall? I think the writing was on the wall to some extent, Dave. I think when you look at this team and this roster, I wonder if it was a decision more about 2022 and 2023 and beyond. I think that this team would have been, and you know, obviously the season's got to play out, but you know, this team would have been pretty much the same sort of team if Cam Newton was in quarterback for them. But you know, the the plan is to get Mac as much experience as possible, as quickly as possible. And look, he's handled his business really well in the early going. Yes, yes. Interceptions are red flags, obviously, but for the most part, you bring up the completion percentage, he's making high percentage throws. One of the big things here in New England is, you know, let Mac go down the field a little bit. You'll stretch things out for him, open up the playbook a little bit. Right. Um, but to this point in the season, five games in, I think he's done very well when it comes to decision-making, when it comes to keeping games manageable. With the exception of that Saints game, Every single game so far has been manageable. You're not going to want your rookie quarterback to try to win the game for you. You just don't want him to lose it. One of the things that really stood out for me, that Tampa Bay game, 19 straight completions and negative one rushing yard as a, as a team. And so, you know, you, you never want to put too much on the plate of a young quarterback. But in those small sample sizes, when they put a lot on his shoulders, I think he's responded fairly well. But I, really, you know, when you talk about the quarterback position, I think that decision was made more about the future as opposed to 2021. What kind of team are we going to be? What kind of record are we going to have? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the rushing attack. And right now, I guess you could say Damian Harris is the, the bell cow right now. You know, and it's been a while. Every time I look at the Patriots organization as a whole within basically my entire existence, I feel like they never had that. Number one, you know, it was always by committee. It was always the James Whites out of the backfield or the Rex Burkheads or the, there was just so many people in and out of that locker room. Do you guys feel like you finally found it in Damian Harris to be the, the guy going forward? He's got 230 yards in five games, so averaging under 100 yards a game. But again, the Patriots are, are continuing to spell him, you know, and they're continuing to try other guys out. I think you guys have about 12 guys with at least one rushing attempt already in five games. So it's still the Patriot way right now. But do you feel like Damian Harris could be like the long term result and answer for this team? No, I, I think for okay. two reasons. And that's not necessarily a shot at Damian Harris. I think it's important mm -hmm. to look at history here with Belichick. Belichick has never had a guy rush for a thousand yards in back to back seasons. Correct. And that's always been his MO is to circle guys through the program to get him in, the, you know, going all the way back to, 
Antoine Smith, you know, in the early stage of the 21st century. Yeah. He just has guys, you know, plug and play, whether it's Antoine Smith or Ben Jarvis Greenellis or Damian Harris. Or And again, that's not a shot at Damian Harris. I think Damian Harris can be a productive back in this league, but it's just when it comes to Belichick's overriding team building philosophy, just not part of the system. You know, you can you, there are all sorts of names out there. Stephen Ridley, you know, that just have come, come wow. in, yeah. have production, and then you move on for whatever reason. So the other, the other reason here, at least in the short term, there are ball security issues here. We mentioned his his fumble in the early going, that opener against Miami. That played a big role in them losing the game. He fumbled on the goal line against Houston. Now that's part of a bigger problem when you're talking about the New England running game. J.J. Taylor had a fumble. Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie out of Oklahoma, he had a bad fumble in the early going. So it, it's early, and you never want to, you know, it's. I, I always say it's never as good as you think it is, never as bad as you think it is. It's always somewhere in the middle. But it's certainly something that needs to be nipped in the bud moving forward. Ball security has become an issue here in New England for the running backs. Ultimately, Damian Harris in this game will still be your best option on the ground. But that being said, I wouldn't be surprised to see Brandon Bolden get a few carries. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, if J.J. Taylor is, is, is in the game, get a few carries. It's going to be, as you mentioned before, running back by committee. But I think when you talk about a committee, I, I think Damian Harris is still, you know, the guy at the end of the table. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that also glares uh, as I dive into the Patriots this week, because I always try to do as, as much research as I can for the opponent. What's glaring to me is that you, you guys can't seem to win a game at home. Like, yeah. what is that about? What that, that makes to me, you always like when, whenever you're thinking about the Patriots and going to play the Patriots, if you follow that up, like, hey, we got the Patriots today in Foxborough. Those are like threatening words. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't ever feel good about going to Foxborough, but this year, but what what's the what's the problem? Yeah, I, I think the, the the opening the opener was a fluky one, and they really, like I said, they should have won that. So you know you could they take that as a mulligan. They also they just didn't play well against the Saints. You know the Saints yeah. got up on them early, and they just they were sloppy, and it was just not a very Patriots like game. Right down to the fact that they took some really bad they made some bad special teams errors. So I think those two games you can kind of wipe it off. And, and look, you know the Brady game. That was a great game, and they had a shot in right. their kind of weather, their kind of circumstances. So, look, I think you can point to a, a few different things, at least when you're talking about so far, you know, you you, you look at their their home field production. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it is a little bit strange that, that they haven't had the level of success at home this year that they've had in previous seasons. Yeah, and the Dallas Cowboys are coming off not only four straight wins, but three straight wins at home, and they finally go back on the road for the first time since they traveled and, and uh, visited Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. Uh, so Dallas being on the road, that part scares me, even though, like, it's still weird to me, like, even though the Patriots haven't found a lot of success at home this year, when you say, like, at Foxborough against a Bill Belichick-ran team, I'm, I'm still kind of, oh, I don't know about this, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. When you dive and look in at the Cowboys as a whole, since I know that's what you've been doing since, you know, the, the week ended last week, when you look at this Cowboys offense, and we'll get into the defense in a second, but when you look at this offense and how explosive it's been, I guess the big shining star of your defense has been J.C. Jackson. He's been playing very well. Um, but as far as your defense, do you feel like you have the matchups or is this something that you're going to, in your mind, you're like, we have to go shot for shot with this team? They, 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 a couple things jump out. First of all, the Patriots aren't going to win a shootout in this game. The Patriots are going to be at their best if they slow this thing down like they did against the Buccaneers. If this is a game that's in the teens and the 20s, they have a better chance of winning that game. They're not going to win a game that's in the 30s. And so what you want to do, you almost, and I'm going to preface it by, by saying almost within the context of the game plan here, 
you want to see Dallas run the ball more than you want to see them pass the ball. You want to see them try and put together these long drives. You don't want to see quick strikes, Dak Prescott, you know, firing the ball all over the field. You want to see them try and run the ball, try and make, you know, three, four, five yards of carry to try and slow the game down a little bit. Obviously, it's a matter of pick your poison because, you know, the, the, the Dallas offense is playing so well right now, but you would prefer Dallas to run the ball. Again, you know, I, I say that with the full knowledge that the Patriots' run defense has really struggled at times this year, and I think that's going to be the biggest challenge is going to be trying to slow down Zeke Elliott. The other thing that you really have to keep in mind if you're the Dallas offense, you talk about J.C. Jackson. He's had a good year. The guy you have to account for on every single snap is Matthew Judah. Yeah. Matthew Judah has come in and exceeded expectations. It was already a really high bar for him when he came in, when you're talking about what to expect from him this year. But I think Matthew Judon has exceeded all expectations. One thing that I do want to bring up here is that for years and years here, there's always been a face of the defense, whether it's been Teddy Bruschi or, or whoever the case may be right now, the face of that defense has been the case for the last couple of years is Devin McCourty. We're transitioning to a period right now. I firmly believe this. This is a way early premature statement to make, but we're transitioning to a phase right now where this is going to become a Matthew Judon focused defense. He's going to be the face of this defense. He's become a leader. He's been able to make plays consistently over the course of the first five games. Belichick loves him. He loves Belichick. We're trending in that direction. So, you know, J.C. Jackson is a guy to watch. But if you're the Cowboys offense, you have to make sure you know where that guy with the red sleeves, Matthew Judon, is lined up on every single play because he has been an absolute game wrecker over the course of the first five games of the season. Yeah. Now, would you say uh, now we're flipping over to the size as far as you want us to make sure we know where red sleeves is. Right. And then Mac Jones, Mac Jones is going to line up in the shotgun or under center and he's going to look around. How impressed are you right now with Trayvon Diggs? Oh, tremendous. Tremendous. He's had a tremendous year. And, and that's, you know, you talk about guys like Judon who you have to account for on every single snap. He's a guy that, you know, Mac Jones has to know where he is, you know, every single time he drops back. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys play it because the Patriots don't have a lot of upper-level outside threats. And what I mean when I say that, you know, over the years we, we've grown accustomed to the, you know, the great receivers in New England, the Randy Mosses and the type. Jacoby Myers is really good. Jacoby Myers might be one of the more underrated pass catchers in the league. I agree. Um, what he did last year and, you know, the, the chemistry that he's been able to build with Mac Jones at this point in the season. If you're talking about it, though, in baseball terms, the, the Patriots have a bunch of second and third starters they don't have a number one so they do bring some depth to the position but it's not they don't have a guy who is coming out of there in the passing game where you have to be like look we got to find him we got to make sure that he's single cover double covered you got a safety over the top whatever the case may be the the tight ends have done well hunter henry john U. smith they've continued to build chemistry with jones they have Aguilar. they have born um but I'm going to be curious to see how they decide to match up, how the Cowboys decide to match up with Myers. Again, one of the more underrated guys in the league. Yeah, it seems to me that what, from what I've seen, Trayvon Diggs has definitely traveled with, you know, the the number one. But now that you don't have a, you know, hands down, flat out number one receiver on this team, it'll be interesting to see where Diggs lines up. Is it just going to stay on one side of the field and whoever's there is who you guys, you know, because outside of Trayvon Diggs, while Anthony Brown, has made plays and he had a you know a game sealer pick six last week against New York, which again we're excited about. A lot of people said you should, probably should have took a knee, you know, for 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 personal reasons, but he he took it to the house and and that's great. But he's been susceptible to the big play, and I I remember especially in week one there was too many times I was seeing the back of Anthony Brown's jersey rather than the front where he was just chasing down either Godwin, Mike Evans, you know, all those big big receivers that uh, Tampa Bay possesses. But now when I look at the Patriots. 
having that depth is a big thing. But the only way this all works out is if the offensive line holds their ground. How yeah. do you grade the offensive line for the Patriots right now with Dallas not able to get to the quarterback as much? Randy Gregory's having himself a nice little year. Uh, they have obviously Micah Parsons has been as advertised as far as, you know, explosive. And they've actually taken him off the line a little bit. So there was one week against Philadelphia where he was a complete game wrecker. And all of a sudden, Let's let's get him off the line. It's just kind of weirded me out uh, as somebody who covers the team. Your assessment on the offensive line on how they're going to be able to handle a brand new Dan Quinn defense? I think it's going to be a struggle. I, I do, I, and I think part of that is not so much you know their their overall effort or level of play. They've really struggled with injuries to this point in the season. When and when you um, they're expected to come back off of the COVID list this week, and if they are back, that should give them a bit of a boost. Trent Brown, their best offensive lineman, the right tackle, had a calf injury first half of the season opener. He hasn't been back since. And it's been a domino effect. I, I think you had to move some guys around. Some, you know, they, they do have the benefit of some versatility over there. But at the same time, you take guys out of their normal positions. You end up playing backups. You're going to suffer, I think, as a result. And, and Mac has done well to kind of make up for that a little bit. He's done a good job getting the ball out quickly. They, they've schemed some things up to be able to kind of protect him a little bit more. But you still, you're still playing backups, and you're still playing some guys out of position. Now, last week, you had Ted Karras and James Ferentz step into the guard position, and they did a relatively good job kind of stabilizing things. I can see a situation where you keep Karras at one of the guard spots, you bring Onwenu back, and you have him play. You move him from guard to tackle. He's done that in the past. He played some right tackle there last year. Then you're starting to get to a place where you are a little bit more comfortable with your pass protection. But at least right now, as we sit here going into this game, the Patriots have struggled over the course of their first five games. Excuse me. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how they end up working out pass protection here moving forward. The other thing, too, in this context, they've had issues when it comes to running the ball. Again, they had minus one rushing yards against Tampa Bay. I think part of that was scheme and part of that was setup. You know and I know that every good offensive lineman loves to run block as opposed to pass block. You're rather oh, forward than stepping back. Yeah. So – I wonder if we're going to see a little bit more of the running game if Damian Harris is able to hold on to the football, if J.J. Taylor is able to hold on to the football, if Stevenson can generate some more positive performances than he did uh, at the start of the season. So a lot of different stuff comes into play with the offensive line. It's going to be interesting to see, again, how they pick up those specifically when it comes to pass protection against this Dallas pass rush. Yeah, so listen, we, we've we dove into pretty much all sides of the ball. I, Nick Folk is who he is. I've known Nick Folk for a long time. <laughs> so, like, we all know what he's capable of doing when the weather's nice, at least. Uh, I'm not really sure about the Boston weather right now. I haven't looked, um, but I'm sure, you know, if it's dry, everybody's going to excel. You know, everybody's going to play at their best. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at this team. The Patriots are two and three. You know, they're coming off a win in which – I mean, look, there was a lot of survivor pools out there that were like holding on for dear life for the New England Patriots to win that game, including myself. Uh, but now I, I look at the Patriots as a whole and I say they're right there at the, the middle of the pack type team. You know, they have the guys that can move the ball. They have a defense that can stop people when when asked. Uh, but then they've also been susceptible to a, a couple things here and there. When you look at this team as a whole and you have the Dallas Cowboys coming in, winners of four straight. I'm going to break it down like this. Uh, this episode drops on a Wednesday. It might be too early to make a prediction based off of injury reports. But if you're looking at this team and this game in the Fox primetime slot, where do you find your New England Patriots in this game? Give me a result, man. I I, I got to hear it from the guy, from the Boston man himself. I, I think that, every, that the Patriots need everything to go right to win this game. And okay. that includes 
look, you know, that, that includes special teams. They need some special teams magic. And they got it last week. They, they, they were able to get that spark on that weird fluky, I don't want to even call it a fake punt, but the punt off the helmet. And, you know, right. it, that was able to be a game changer for them. And, and so I think that, look, we talked about offense. We talked about defense. I think the Patriots do need some sort of special teams magic in this one. If they're going to be able to pull this off, they're going to need a big return. They're going to need a blocked punt. They're going to need something to happen that is going to be a bit of a spark because, and we saw this last week against Houston, and we saw it earlier in the year, they, they just hit periods in the game where they just seem to be a little lethargic on offense. And whether that's a pick six, whether that's a big defensive play, whether that's a forced fumble, they're going to need some of that as well. So the margin for error here is much slimmer than it was last week against the Texans. I think the Patriots lose this thing, but I don't think that the Cowboys cover. I think we're looking at like a one-point game, a three-point game, whether it's you know a, a, a missed field goal at the end or whether it's a big defensive play on one side or another. I I, I think the Patriots are going to lose, but I think this is going to be one of the more compelling games of the week on the calendar because the Patriots are trending in the right direction. They're, they're playing well, and they're doing a lot of things they need to do to win, but they're not quite there yet as a group. The pieces are coming together. The new faces, Mac Jones, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, you know, Matthew Jr., those guys are playing well, but they're just – they're a couple weeks away from winning a game like this. Like, you know, Dallas playing as well as it is right now, if this game was played in November, maybe the Patriots end up winning this thing. But I think, you know, right now as we sit here – the second week of October, I think Dallas ends up winning this thing by between one and three points. Okay, so basically the Cowboys are catching this team still on their rise, which is, yeah, yeah, to be honest is, with you, I'm all yeah. for it. <laughs> this, this is, and we see this from Patriots teams and Belichick teams, and we talked about this off the top, where they're kind of take some time to find themselves, what they're good at, what they're not good at. I think they're still going through that process. Admittedly, it's a little later than what they'd like, but I think they're still going through that process right now, and I think that's one of the things that's going to come into play this weekend against Dallas. All right. Well, you heard it from Christopher Price himself from the Boston Globe and, of course, the host of the Patriots Report on the Believe Podcast Network. Obviously, you're if you're watching this on the screen, you can find Chris on Twitter at CPriceGlobe. Um, and, of course, Chris, I want to thank you for coming on uh, basically into Haas. Listen, this wasn't too hostile, right? I wasn't. No. I wasn't. It was – very informative. Usually yeah. I take the usually I take the gloves off and I start going, you know, pound for pound with somebody else. But I'm like, you know what? He's, he's going through a transitional period right now with the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick's probably, you know, he's not going to show it on his face as far as emotion is concerned. But he is going through a period where he knows that he has the pieces. They just got to kind of ride together. So, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I do wish you the best of luck. These out of conference games are the ones if you're going to lose any games in the season, these are the ones you want to lose. So let's not go crazy. But you know what? I, I, again, I can't ride too high with the Dallas Cowboys because these are the types of games that they play down and, and things can happen. So we saw it in the beginning of the Giants game. The Giants were down to me and you playing quarterback at this point. You know what I mean? So it was a difficult situation for the Cowboys to get it done, and then they ran away. I don't foresee that at all. I'm with you. I think the Cowboys do win this game ultimately, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little bit more than I really want it to be you know i don't want it to be a, a close one but it's yeah. sure as heck ain't gonna be a laugher so chris thank you so much for joining me man and uh you know again continue success with the boston yeah. globe and of course the believe podcast network is a growing podcast network just like us at shop sports so we appreciate your time sounds good take care
All right, we want to thank Christopher Price for joining us here. Uh, real awesome dude. Again, seasoned, man. He's got some experience over in Boston. As much as I despise the city and the, the, the state of Massachusetts, everything there is to do with Boston, being a, a Cowboys fan and a Yankees fan, you know, uh, of just hating that area, there are good seeds, okay? There are good people, and Chris Price is one of those guys. I want to thank him for joining uh, the All About the Star podcast. Now, prediction time. I already made my prediction based off of what I said with Chris, but I will – Lay it out right here. The Dallas Cowboys are riding high right now, and I feel like they're riding too high for me to get too comfortable. They haven't lost a football game in a month. It's been a calendar month since they lost a football game to Tom Brady and the Patriots uh, and the Bucs. See, I'm already getting ahead of myself. Uh, I, I think the Cowboys deliver another good performance, not great performance on offense. It's going to be about the defense and what Mac Jones can do outside of throwing the Trayvon Diggs aside. That's going to be the big thing. If he can hit his other receivers in stride, Aguilar, uh, Aguilar, you got Hunter Henry, John New Smith, those, those underneath routes, if he can kind of nickel and dime his way down the field, I think the Cowboys can get gassed a little bit, and this game's going to be a little bit closer than we think, it, unfortunately for me, because I, I don't know if I can stomach another close game. It, it, it's, every, it's every week. Even though, they're, even though the Cowboys typically have run away with these games, you know, the starts have made me lose my voice within the first couple minutes. I got people scared. You know, I got it's just it's bad news. It's bad news all around. I got my dad and my my, my stepmom looking at me sideways. You know, like I it's bad. I, I, I want to change that narrative this week by being level headed and play a 60 minute game. Now, again, I'm not in the game, so I can't control anything. Right. You can't control what you can't control. The Dallas Cowboys are going to take care of business this week. It's going to be one of those drag out fights. I think I think Bill Belichick is the greatest coach to ever coach this game, and he's going to have something from Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore. I know he is. I know he is. And they slowed down Tom Brady. I'm not saying they could have beat Tom Brady, but they slowed his ass down, and I think they're going to slow down this high-octane offense. But give me the Cowboys here. Give me the Cowboys 23-17. That's it. 23 points will get it done this week. It's going to be one of those games where – I wish we scored more, and there's going to be stalled-out drives, and Brian Anger's going to punt a lot. You know, there's going to be a field position game. But ultimately, the Dallas Cowboys will get a couple touchdowns on the board, and they'll they'll pull away. But 23-17 means somebody, and, and that's somebody, I mean, Mac Jones, might have a chance to pull a Tom Brady, to go down the field, and win the game. I just don't see him doing it. So give me the Cowboys. Give me a 5-1 and one start, going into the bye, feeling good. And for the first time ever, you know, I can go into the bye at five and one and just and this not stress at all. I would love that right now. That would be fan fantastic. So with that being said, again, one more time, thank you to Chris Price of the Boston Globe and the Patriots. I'm sorry, the Patriots Report podcast host, uh, podcast host, I can talk on the Believe Network. Uh, oh, my God. Believe Podcast Network. Imagine that. I'm not editing. No ways. No. So this has been another episode of All About the Star. I'm Dave Sturcho, your host, and we'll see you guys next week. Let's get another dub, Cowboys Nation. Let's go.